Not initiated, but she's been uh, on the path for quite a while now, and uh, I really liked her story last night. So you all get to hear it today. Thank you. Well, um, one day, about three three weeks ago, I went to a health food store and uh, I found a little booklet of the master. I didn't know her at that time, so uh, I picked up the booklet and just looking at the picture meant a lot for me. I was. I took the book and I knew by the first sight that this booklet was for me. So I picked it up, I brought it home, I read it, and I said, she's going to be my master. I was already convinced that this is what I was looking for, a master like her. Her teaching is so simple, easy, and for me it was like the revelation that Everybody can do it, and even me. So my husband looked at the book, he read the book, and he said, I'm already in love with her. And then my son took the book, he read it. He talked about it to uh, his friend. My brother-in-law took the book too, and everybody in the family were convinced, really happy to know that they discovered, like me, a new master. And... I think and I hope that the Master will give me the initiation. This is why I'm here today. I wanted to, to receive the initiation. Deep inside, I know that it's going to change my life. And it has already done a big, a huge change in me. And I know it's only the beginning. So I'd like to say that I love the Master. And I hope everybody will do too. <laughs> Thank you. Please welcome Master. Morning, good afternoon, good evening. No place. Okay. I guess it's my turn now. We uh, still have one more person if uh, we want to do that now. Good. Chris? Or do you want to go right to Master, huh? How's everyone for Saturday afternoon? Not bad? Yeah, cannot be with the rain, huh? <laughs> Feel good, huh? <laughs> I I like rain. Yes, it's refreshing. Good for your beautiful skin. Hmm? <laughs> so okay. Stephen, please. Thank you for coming, Chris. I've just known Chris here for a short time, and uh, he'll tell his personal experience here, and then we'll have Master. Thank you very much. All right, hello. Very happy to, that you all could make it tonight. Um, I'm just going to share with you uh, some personal experience. Um, all of my life has been a constant struggle upstream, walking many paths, thinking many things, yet never complete or fulfilling with inside. Um, over a year ago, I traveled to India with this unnamed longing and uh, wandered and rambled like a nomad for nearly a year's length of time. It was during this period 
then I realized I wanted to uh, learn how to love and give love and nothing else. I became a child so innocent and naive, not really knowing anything at all. Only 19 years old within such a vast and ancient land. Because of the nature of India, the depth of its spirit, it was easy for me to open up and let go of my, my many habits and confused ways of thinking. India was the mother that nurtured and awakened the spirit within me to see a splinter of the truth to the origin of life and God on a level so far beyond words or reason. I had one experience while I was in India where I was very sick, excreting only blood for nearly a week's time. I tried taking some Indian medicine, but without any results. I became worried, so I talked with a friend who told me that I should go see a yogi. So I did. After I spoke with him, he told me some simple remedy, and I asked him, is it, is it the plant, or is it the mind, or what, what really is it that uh, will heal me? He gave no reply, so I stood up and walked away. And uh, as, as soon as I reached the road, I felt uh, a great sense of light and uh, heard a sound come and uh, felt very dizzy and began to cry. And I didn't have any real reason and didn't know, didn't know what had happened to me. The time I did not make any connection, did not, did not make any connection with what had happened. Looking back now, I understand that uh, it was a great blessing and I thank God and the yogi for that experience. After my travels, I returned to America began to felt, feel strange, like I shouldn't have left India so soon, like I hadn't finished school. Things eventually became difficult. I began to change, de-evolve into an older personality, like a caged animal, hungry yet unable to express my inner longing. After a time, I talked with a f friend on the phone who began to speak reverently of a Vietnamese master he had longed to see. In my mind at the time, I had only a small, vague notion as to the magnificence of this master. My longing to be free commanded I go see this friend immediate, immediately. So I rushed out. When I arrived, he ex expressed uh, with loving uh, and passion his feelings and connection with the Supreme Master Ching Hai and her teachings. Opening the Supreme Master's books was like uh, opening up a door so familiar in my heart and uh, that I just, I just cried and uh, sang with joy that I had finally, finally found um, a true master. Um, so I drove straight out from Boston to Denver to see the lecture being given by Master Ching Hai and waited anxiously for her to arrive. During uh, the pre-lecture and uh, experiences, Master came unexpectedly. I did not see her come in, but felt a great flash of light come like a wave, and a great warmth fill me. And uh, I knew that I, I wanted to get initiation without hesitation on that, at that moment. Um, so I received initiation in Denver. Well, my practices for the first month were difficult and frustrating because I had an anticipation and an expectation of what it should be, and I limited myself to that. But the Master, being all compassionate and wise, was able to sneak in while I was asleep and bless me during dreams. After a while, I visited with his friend again. Awkward at first, I began to practice more, 
Two and a half hours seemed like a lot, but after a while it became easy, even with a full-time job, because the more I meditated, the more I craved the food and felt the love of God expand within me. So good, so filling, I couldn't help but practice harder, because I'd been hungry my whole life, and finally I was given real food. You can't even imagine eating off an empty plate your whole life and then to be given food from God and free, you know, and, and asking nothing in return. Um, later, my friend and I drove across country to Boulder, Colorado, where I, st- where I stayed with uh, some fellow practitioners and, uh, and practiced there for a couple months. But then, even though, uh, even though I felt comfortable and grounded within myself, I still had a longing because I couldn't, and I still didn't feel entirely fulfilled within myself because I couldn't, I didn't feel satisfied working for myself alone. Um, so I, so I heard uh, the master was in uh, California, and I thought, wow, you know, California. And only six months ago, master was here, and so I uh, rushed out, you know, with a, with another friend and rejoiced in Master's radiance, and so overwhelmed with an indescribable love and joy um, and a feeling of home. It is through Master that I am beginning to learn the real love, the one all-pervading love that is within each and every one of us. It's really so simple that I have trouble, because the mind is used to uh, complicated ways of thinking. Enlightenment is really just so natural when you have a true Master to guide you. So I invite all of you now to open your hearts and minds and just listen, because this is truly a chance of a lifetime. I thank you. Thank you, Chris. We have some fruit and flower offering. Thank you very much. Thanks, Please Leo. relax and enjoy Master Ching Hai. Thank you. Chrissy made me cry. <laughs> Sorry. Give me a few more seconds to clean up <laughs> and clean up the emotion. Probably you suppose I don't have emotion, huh? Is that not so? You do? <laughs> you spoil all my makeup, you know, Chris? <laughs> yes, this is very, very touching, this speech. <laughs> Didn't you find? Yes, yes. It is from his heart, yes. Sometimes we are touched like that. Yes. It is not because of the master, I don't think. <laughs> People make a big deal out of any master and call them even the supreme master. <laughs> but it is uh, you, I think it is you, that makes, uh, that, that makes things happen. Right? With your sincerity, your openness of your deepest intelligence and love, within yourselves that you will experience sometimes or another in different occasion this kind of uh, blissful experience. We sometimes experience this or less or more in some degree um, through deepest prayer and or sometimes when we are in very deep uh, sorrow or experience some uh, untold suffering that we feel that the blessing from God is very near. So meditation or contemplation 
it is just another kind of opening our sincerity and our longing to be, uh, I'll say, um, to be a, a kind of a receiver, yes, for the abundant blessing and love which is uh, always uh, in, in present uh, throughout the universe. But perhaps sometimes uh, coincidentally or um, you know, through the uh, arrangement of the highest intelligence that we feel uh, some more blessing in some places or in encountering someone special. Maybe because that someone is also in the same frequency with us, in the same sincerity and longing and openness to God like we do at that moment. So the two unite force and then at that moment we experience the blissful feeling or the so-called awakening. Most of us I don't mean uh, the audience here, but probably many of our population, many of our people in this world think they are okay. Yes, they don't need to change their life. Uh, they don't need um, to do anything. Uh, don't even need enlightenment. Therefore, we don't search for it. And even if the teacher or a friend, a good friend, uh, unconditionally out of love and devotion come to us, to our door. We still reject Him. That's what makes our world the way it is still now. Because we do not learn the unified power. We do not learn yet, many of us do not learn yet to use the greatest blessing that is in abundance everywhere in the universe. We just have to stretch our hand and fetch it. And everything in our life will become smoother and, uh, you know, to all our desires. You see, we always, uh, many of us always blame God or blame the circumstances or situation that is unfavorable to us. That many things we ask have never been fully given or, I mean, mostly were not given. And we blame the society and sometimes blame the government or our parents, even our school, or anything we can lay hand on, we blame. <laughs> but uh, if we stop to think deeply or fairly a little bit, we, we should think, uh, what do we contribute to the society or to our nation? or to the world at large, and to make it become a better place, instead of waiting for it to be better by itself, which is sometimes impossible. God doesn't create us here so that we can just uh, lay in our rose bed every day and waiting for bread and butter. But we are here to learn, to learn to grow, as well as to learn to use our power, our limitless power of love and creativity in order to make a better world wherever we happen to be incarnate. And if we do not learn to do this, 
then we have to return again. And that is what people call reincarnation. Because the unfulfilled desires or the unfulfilled mission which is dormant within us will be always, uh, how to say, awakening inside and reminding us time again and again that we have not yet finished our job. Many people think that uh, we are okay, we are doing right, but we don't. We are not truly okay. One-fifth of the world, one-fifth of the population of this world is hungry. Another large portion of the population, our brothers and sisters, are undernourishment, are undernourished, yes. That is according to the scientific research. It's not from me. You can read that on the newspapers or demand for the proof. And many portions of our beautiful planet are still, you know, suffering under war, conflicts, violence, and many other disasters, man-made or natural. It is because we are not okay. Even sometimes we couldn't do our hair alone, just to talk about small things. Even sometimes we don't know how to clean the house properly. Even sometimes we can't even help somebody in need the way he wants it. And we make more mess out of our good intention. Even if we want to help, we can't. That's why many projects are failing. Many, how say, good leaders have become kind of uh, almost useless. <laughs> despite their very, very best intention to help the world and their people. Why? Because we are not okay. We are not okay the way we should be okay. <laughs> not that the way we think we are okay. If everything in our life goes wrong, and many things in our life goes wrong, if many of our desires go unfulfilled, if our next-door neighbors suffer, or if we suffer, in any way, that is because we are not okay. It is time that we face up to our own shortcomings, you know, our own accumulated undesirable habits in order to reshape our beauty, our godly nature, so that we can do what we want to do in perfection, or at least near perfection, or at least don't make a mess of our good intention. Whenever we want to help or we want to better ourselves, our family, or our environment. So enlightenment is not an advertisement from our disciples for you or anyone to come and just to have a research or, you know, maybe to curiously look, look see what's going on. But it is a way of life. It is a survival fact. It is a necessity, ornament in our life, here and after. If we have any religious belief, we know there is a life after death. If we don't have any religious belief, we should know and we know also that there is life after death because many of medical research of death experience, near-death or after-death experience, 
And it is, uh, all these kind of informations are available to us nowadays in abundance. Many of books about enlightenment and about better our inherent power, etc., are available in the market. These are good for us. Yet, in a sense, it is not always that good. Because we, the American people, well, can I say we? I'm also American now. I don't look like, but <laughs> I am honorary citizen. <laughs> the Americans, the one who can read a lot and love to read, like the American people, because they are very intelligent. They hunger for knowledge, so they read a lot. We read a lot. I read a lot too. <laughs> Before, between, and I still continue to read. It is because sometimes I have to know what is going on, what's the trend, a trend in this society in order to respond to it or to explain or to uh, kind of um, solving some of the doubt which result from these books or intellectual food. Why I said it is sometimes all these informations are not always good for us, not that good, because we love to read. We eat everything from the intellectual supermarket and sometimes we have indigestion or <laughs> we stuff our brain with all kind of intellectual information without truly having a personal experience and so we think we know oh yes I know Yogananda yes a light uh, I know yes uh, uh, what what it was, Sanmat, light and self. I know Master Chinga, yes, he teaches the same. <laughs> so I don't have to come and, and listen to her. It's not that we come to listen. We must come so that we have the true experiences. If we already, if we did not have, or if we had some portion of the enlightened experiences, but we do not know how to go further with it, or how to nourish it, or how to how to, to how to live with it or to integrate this enlightened wisdom into our daily productivity in order to serve the world. We must make our world into a heaven, not to run to heaven, because everywhere is heaven. God created only heaven until we mess about <laughs> with our computer brain, the kaput one. I mean, the damaged, <laughs> are not, not very in order. Enlightenment is the way to put ourselves in repairment, back in order. It's not a kind of uh, far-fetched, uh, heavenly uh, mythology, the way we think, but it is just a daily experience of our great resource of love and wisdom which God has bestowed upon us before we arrived in this physical dimension. If we think that heaven is somewhere higher above the cloud, then we are in trouble because we have to wait at least 60 years, 100 years in order to go there while suffering all kind of misery in this world. We don't have to do that. Life it's meant to be joyful for the children of the Most High. If you are the children of the king or the president only, now you go to school, how do you feel? Hmm? You have guards, you have special Rolls Royce, 
Yes, you have all kind of privilege. Even all the school look up yeah, on you with reverence and love, admiration, you know, envy, and many things, right? You feel, you know your status. Now in the Bible, it is stated that we are the children of God, and He is the King of all kings. And now we live this kind of life, that we worry about pennies, that everything frightens us, even just a bullet that big, one thousandth of your weight could frighten you to, you know, losing your sense of dignity and anything. We even beg for our life. We do anything just to be alive, just to keep this physical body functioning. So this is not a life of dignity. This is not a life of the children of God. If we truly understand what God means, God is the owner of the whole universe, and we are the children. Can you believe it? Just talk about it and never know. It's not the way of enlightenment, and we think we are okay. As long as there's one person suffer in this world, as long as there's still war and famine going on in our neighborhood, we are not okay because we share the responsibility of this house that we live in. It is a big family, extended, because we can't live together in all in one room. And we don't have to. We need varieties. We need different talent in order to make the world, I would say, colorful and interesting. That's what God wants us to do. We have so much talent. Each one should contribute something. But even with all our talents, we can't contribute as much as we want or we cannot be as useful as we would like, would like to be because we're not yet okay. We lack something. We lack the true wisdom, the true love which lay sleeping within each of us. There shouldn't be any master, there shouldn't be any teacher. There should be only friends, spiritual friends, spiritual brothers and sisters because we inherit the same, the same portion of great wisdom from God. There's no difference between any master and any of the audience who sit here, and no difference between him and any child or any older citizen, because we all have the same portion of love and power within ourselves. And if we don't use it, is the greatest waste on earth. Doesn't matter how much we recycle our material, uh, I would say, <laughs> mm, material, what, huh? <laughs> Instruments, yeah? Yes. We still waste. The most wasting is that we don't know we have wisdom. We don't know we have God's power, and we forget that we are children of God. It's okay. You say you know it already. You read the Bible. <laughs> Everybody knows that we are the children of God. But what makes the difference whether you know that or you don't know that? Because you're just the same like yesterday. You don't truly know. You only intellectually heard about it. <laughs> and that makes the difference. If anything I say today makes sense to you, it is because I recognize this wisdom within myself. 
And I know you have that within yourselves. It's just you don't want to use it, you reject it, you deny it, or you feel too inferiority, uh, inferior about yourselves. But we, we don't do anything that wrong. If we do, or if we did, because we did not know. And now is the time to know what is the righteous thing to do, so we can change very quickly. How much time we spend every day in order to take care of this body, and we know it doesn't last long, but still it's necessary to take care of it. And now if we don't take care of our real body, then we're in even more trouble. Most of the suffering in this world due to ignorance of the greatest of our position is no other reason. Because we're ignorant of it, we identify ourselves with the habit that we learned from uh, maybe TV <laughs> as a young youngster, or maybe from neighbor, from books. So we do many things that ourselves, the conscience within us tells us that <clears throat> this is not correct. But we still do it, because other people do it. Many people do it. Then we run into many problems. And sometimes we know we shouldn't take drugs, for example. But we feel empty within ourselves. We feel frustrated. Sometimes we have talent. We don't know how to use it and where to use it. The society sometimes rejects us for some of the prejudices, a race, racist problem, or, or anything. Or our appearance doesn't please them. And sometimes, so we fulfill this void with all kind of cheap substitutes, which in the long run ruin us, mentally, physically, and spiritually. It is because we do not know that we are great and how to make use of our greatness. I'm not here to collect your money <laughs> or to tell you what to do or to make you into any condition that is difficult for you. Just want to help you to find your great wisdom, your greatest ability again, in order for you to better your life. And because you better your life, I better my life too. And my children, or my friends' children, my sister, brother's children, we have a better, better environment to live in because we are all connected with each other. Suppose you don't keep American clean and safe. Can I sit here and talk to you, right? So we own each other everything. Suppose the, the farmers don't grow any crops, right? Even we have money. Can we fill our body with nutrition? No. So we own each other everything. So I cannot say that I come to teach you anything. Please don't have this notion. Despite all this, uh, you know, supreme what? Never mind, because we are all supreme. We came from the supreme source before we descend into this physical body. And we go back to the supreme source when our time comes. So there's no denial about our supreme status. If you don't want to acknowledge because you're humble or because you feel you're not up to it, it's up to you. But I don't want to deny my status because I know. <laughs> there's nothing arrogant about it. It's just to admit what you are without any pride, without any fuss, without false humility. Because false humility is also false. <laughs> it's not true. We should be true, beautiful, and virtuous in spirit, in speech, and in actions. That is a perfect human being. 
even if uh, even if we don't want to uh, follow this method of enlightenment of immediate enlightenment we could uh, try other things yes at least to think uh, to to so that we can focus back again within ourselves to remember who we are and to truly understand the sentence that we are the children of God or for the Buddhists we all have Buddha nature within ourselves that means we are equally to the Buddha and instead of worshipping the Buddha we should worship him the right way yes to recognize ourselves so that the Buddha has less work to do if we truly want to worship a Buddha or any saint we should become one so that he less have less burden he has less worry and he has one more companion to uplift mankind that's why some people don't like it when I say don't worship the Buddha <laughs> be one and I can show you how to be one I can make Buddha <laughs> not by sculpturing or carving but by pointing into your own Buddha quality and you have to recognize it day by day until you're fully convinced there's a way to recognize it facing yourself until you're fully convinced that you're Buddha that is the time when you're equal to all the Buddhas in the ten directions and the three times past, present and future we are stepping into the golden age so we have to change we have to leave behind all this old useless conception of how a saint should be or we should leave behind this dark thinking that negative expectation of the world and ourselves do something do something we start from ourselves yes we clean our house if our house looks filthy we clean it first if anything we don't like about ourselves change it replace it with more positive more virtuous quality for example before when we see any homeless person we don't bother about him he can stand there in the highway for hours under the sun wanting to work for food but we say oh no I cannot take a, a stranger into my house that's dangerous yeah but we could give him food yes we don't need to ask anything from him give him for example and then sometimes we pass by a homeless person and we feel nothing and we don't want to help because of this and other because of our slow reaction habit and so we didn't help him but when we went home we feel something wrong I should have done it but then we cover it up quickly nah and then you switch on TV watch television do other things don't want to listen to our conscience that's why the world never get better so if it's the case whatever we think makes the world better at least more comfortable place for ourselves and neighbor whatever we can share begin with sharing and then we will feel a subtle change in ourselves more love will be pouring into our consciousness and we will be aware of something and that is the beginning that's why the five precepts is just a suggestion that we should change some of the corner of our life which we do not like it's not that we um, should uh, feel so guilty or blame ourselves should we fail to some of it but it is the a goal so that we go forward for example we try to be more loving instead of uh, violent or anger we'll be more giving instead of <laughs> trying to take 
we be more faithful to our partner instead of having another, <laughs> you know, miss, us, huh? Mistress, <laughs> is that right? A mistress, yes. It could be Miss Mr. <laughs> you always blame the man, I don't know why. <laughs> the woman also who uh, want to play but- Madame Butterfly, <laughs> flying from one <laughs> flower to the next. There are two kinds of flowers, male flowers and female flowers. You know that? Yes. Uh, for example, yes, this uh, brighten our world more and create a more calm atmosphere around us so that it makes us better. And that is also a kind of meditation, yes. We meditate anytime, anyhow, in, in our life. We just meditate mostly on the wrong thing. So now we just use that meditation power, switch on to the right thing, that's all. When we think too much about how to make money at the expense of others, that is also meditation. We meditate on money, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we use all our concentrating power, all our mighty, you know, thinking power in order to want to get that piece of paper. And that piece of paper printed, in God we trust. (laughs) Isn't that paradoxical? Yes. But our God is money sometimes. (laughs) You see, in God we trust means we have to know God. If we don't know God, how would we trust Him, right? It's very easy to say, in God we trust, but how? Who is He? How, what does He look like? What did He do for me? Or what will He do for me? That I have to trust Him, right? So we must know. And that is what enlightenment offers. We have to be enlightened in order to know what God is, who He is, and what does He do to help us every day in all detail of our activities. That is the thing we know after enlightenment. And we know more and more. If we do know God before in some of the blessed instances, then we do know Him more and more every day through the meditative uh, attitude, through a very scientific way of maintaining our enlightening uh, awareness. Because if we are enlightened once or twice, we still feel not, 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 not yet there, too. Because if somebody is hungry for a long time now, and you give him just a little bit of water and bread, will he be satisfied? Of course not. So immediate enlightenment means you have a taste of enlightenment. And then we tell you how to nourish it, keep it every day, and expand it until you truly know the whole uh, how's it, spectrum of enlightenment know your real self. And that's when you know God, because only God dwells within us. Does the Bible say there are two persons dwells within our temple? Does Jesus say that? Or Buddha say there are two Buddhas inside? Or one, one, <laughs> the two, one is a Buddha and one is a, uh, I say, a mundane person? Did he say that? No, huh? In no Bible, no scripture say there are two persons in this house, in this body. So who is that inside? Only God. If we cast aside, we uh, overlook our habits, our accumulated knowledge of mundane nature, then there is nothing there except God, right? Because the habit, the knowledge, the PhD person is not the real self. We were not born with it, and we will not die with it. 
So this only real one is it God, our true self. Yeah, but most of us forget. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, it's hard to earn your applause. It takes a long time. <laughs> I think you were listening very uh, intensively. That's why I did not mind if you don't applause, as long as you understand and you enjoy my talk. Did you enjoy? You do you enjoy so far? Okay. Thank you. Most of us forget. You keep asking me how can we be immediate enlightenment when when uh, we meet you. No, you were already enlightened before you meet me. Just you don't know it, and you forgot because you identify yourself with Mrs. So and So, who works eight hours a day, who has three children, and who are angry sometimes, and who are loving sometimes. All this is not you. You just accumulated, and you just re- react to the environment and the necessity of the time. But it's not you. We were not born with all this. Therefore, we are truly. God-like, at least God-like, not God. If not God, then God-like. But we are also God, part of God. Actually, we are God. I tell you why. Because this God power. My hello. <laughs> Trying to remind you of your hello. That's all. The real hello is more beautiful. You can see it. Can you see something? Any of you? Yes. Do you see other? What did you see? I just see the beauty. Is that right? Okay. The outer beauty? The inner beauty. Also. At least, at least, okay. Uh, if you can't see the inner beauty, I try to make myself <laughs> beautiful outside. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I try my best, but, you know. Like uh, Barbara Streisand, she said, I'm not beautiful, but I would say, I can make myself beautiful. Well, that's what it is, yes. I couldn't do that before, after enlightenment. I can make up better. <laughs> Everything become better, even makeup is true. Uh, I can make my hair, I design my own clothes, and I do many things. Yeah. Artistic things. I couldn't do that before, yes. So even mundane life became better after we make use of our real power and wisdom. Otherwise, we just keep using what we know. Well, what we learn from the society. And it is second hand, third hand, fifth hand, hundredth hand. <laughs> it's passed down all the time, and we sometimes don't prove whether it is really efficient for ourselves. So it's better that we use the original intelligence. So everything will come. Every of our latent abilities, is that right? Latent? Yes. Will surface. Every of our loving, hidden nature will emerge. Every of our talents will just come out, like from nowhere. That's why in the Bible it is said that, Seek you first the kingdom of God, and all the things shall be added unto you. That I can testify. Ah, We go too far, huh? Where were we before? (laughs) Yes, I want to tell you that we are God, okay? You may not believe it now, but think about it when you come home. Because we are breathing in God, we are living in God, we are born in God, from God, and we are come back to God. Where can you go except, where, where can we come from except from God? Do you think we come from the carpet or from the ceiling? Or even from the drop of blood that your father sent to you before you were born? Or is it the food that you eat that make you become you? Is that so that we call ourselves beef burger? cabbage <laughs> or vegetable grocery shop instead of a person or a human being with all intelligence. You see, even if you feed the cow or the dogs with all the food which you eat, 
he will not be as intelligent as you. Is that not so? Right? Or if you give a drop of blood from your father to the dog or to any of other things, will it make become a human being? No. See? So what is it that make we the way we exist? It is God power. And it's all over the universe. It's in the air. It's everywhere that we walk, everywhere that we we stay. It just just happened to house in this instrument, you know, in some of the instruments. And it houses itself, just like electric power, it houses itself in a bulb of light or in the refrigerator or in some motor generator. Yeah, but the electric power is all over. It's the same power everywhere. It houses itself in some instrument only. Therefore, the God power is housed within us. We are one of the instruments that happen to contain the God power for a while. You know, catch it. <laughs> just like a current of water and uh, just flowing from the waterfall or from the mountain very high. And somebody happened to dig a hole. Somebody happened to dig a hole, yeah? Or dig a swimming pool and get the water into it. You know what I mean? And the water come in and out again, you know, connect it with the river. And the water in the pool is the water in the river. In Hong Kong, we dig a swimming pool. Actually, we didn't dig it. You know, the Hong Kong where I stay, it's a mountain. You're surprised to know that Hong Kong has a mountain, very quiet. Next to a 100-story building, you just walk five minutes out and you see the whole Hong Kong, and you, you turn in five minutes and there's a retreat mountain with all fruit trees and green and beautiful and quiet. Yes, that's where I stay, in Hong Kong. Now in Hong Kong we have a kind of mountain, so there's many, I would say, level, layers, or many, no, many tiers? Terraces. Huh? Terraces. Terraces. Okay, okay. You see one level after another, yeah? So, uh, in the two different levels, yeah, we, we, how say, we, we cover, we surround it with rocks and cement and, and we make it natural looking, you see, like this. So we cover this, uh, and we uh, lead the water from the, the stream nearby into the, the pool. Yes, And under the lower layer, I grow vegetable. That is when I have time. I don't always do that. <laughs> I grow vegetable, a big one, you know, and the water from swimming pool, when I swim, it will come into the vegetable, <laughs> so I don't have to work too hard. Mm. <laughs> and the water just come in and out all the time, and the water is always fresh. Yes. Of course, we clean it now and again to take out all the moths. Is that right? You know, the green stuff? Yes, yes. That cover our, our, our pool. You know, we put a lot of pebbles, big pebbles, and shining, beautiful, like, like ornament pepper. Very cheap, you know. One dollar for ten kilos, but beautiful. <laughs> I put it in the water, and sometimes it covers with green, so we wash it. That's all. And then fish come in also. There's some very expensive fish. They sell it from... Uh, 10 to 200. Wow. You see, there's some kind of fish that come into our pool. Because about 2,500, 2,200 US, US dollars. 2,200, is that right? 2,200 US dollars. Yes. For one fish, but that big. Yeah. It can grow that big, but <laughs> how much difference? And he's a kind of very stupid pea fish. But he surprised me one day. Oh, I talk too much. Do I talk too much? Do you want to hear all these fish things? Okay. I suppose we could talk about enlightenment. <laughs> but because of the water from the pool and from the river, so I go into this. See, so the fish, oh, that's stupid. But he surprised me one day 
because it's supposed to be a stupid fish, you know, very slow and do nothing. But because he's a very rare species now, many people want to catch him and bite and sell him, but we don't, we don't, okay? We don't make money out of that. <laughs> we protect them. So nobody can come in our territory and take because in our territory, full of these fish, I can be millionaire in no time. <laughs> yes, open in a fish market. <laughs> now this fish is very special. On top is brown, dark brown, and underneath is bright orange spot you know, under his stomach and hands and all that. And he can swim in the water as well as on the, the dry land. He can survive on both. That's why people like him, yes. And I thought it's a very stupid fish, but one day they surprised me because they can talk with each other lovingly, just like a loving couple, you know. One is kind of angry and turn around and he just keeps following me. And, you know, just stop him in the front and then look at him in the eyes and do like this. Yes. You know, like, well, like when you want to make up with your, your lover when she's angry, you know. That one. Sit like that. Just follow. Just follow and then just stop right in the front and look into the eyes. And just keep looking like this. Can you believe it? And I was so touched, and I thought, my God, I'm sorry, I apologize for thinking that you're stupid. As <laughs> you make a better lover than we. <laughs> so after a while, you know, the female agree, you know, and then so they both, you know, swim with each other, and no more of this argument. Mm. And one day he surprised me more, because he was, you know, it's very slow fish, like very slow action fish, you know, stupid like. And he, like this, very slow in the water. And very slow. But then when I come to the pool, I saw one of them, I was surprised. And I said, hey, you there, come up. <laughs> I just a joke, you know. And then he came up. And I just zip like this. Yeah, to me, to, to wear my hand, you know. And then he touched and then he came down back again. I said, hey, can you understand me? Then come back again. <laughs> and then he did three times in a row just to show me that he's not stupid. <laughs> now, I spent all day repenting to God and apologize to this creature. You know that, yes. Fancy being a supreme master and didn't know the fish is intelligent. <laughs> so I feel very bad. <laughs> but it was good, you know. There were other witnesses with me, not, not that I tell the story alone. I think some of you will You remember the fish that come from the pool three times? Yes, yes, yes. He was there, yes. And he tried to go and fetch the camera, the movie camera, but when he see the black eye of the camera looking at him, he said, mm-mm, I don't <laughs> I don't want to be on TV, <laughs> you know. He didn't want to be famous. Probably he was scared. And I thought, that's right, that's right. I tell him, no, don't, don't photograph him in this way because people will, you know, catch them more, you know, and make commercial out of it and they will be in danger, you know. They are already endangered species. So he's very intelligent, you see. He knows when to come up and when not. Yes. Three times he come in a row, in one minute, you know. I say, come up, and then he come right away. And then he come back down, and I say, come up again. And he come, shit, just right where I am, you know. Not, not to, you know, sideways, just shit like this, you know, straight. <laughs> so after you see all these things, it's good not to eat fish or meat, huh? <laughs> Actually like that. If we can love a dog, why not love a cow or a pig? Because they are the same. Yes. So... This is one of the reasons why we should be vegetarian anyhow. Love for all beings, extending love. Enlarge our love, enlarge ourselves to the whole universe. It's actually, we shouldn't even, you know, cut the flowers or eat the vegetable. But still, we have to, to do what is minimum, you know, what's less suffering. Because 
Actually, the flower, when we cut it, it can sprout again and make more flowers. And vegetable, when we cut a branch, it can, I say, sprout, you see, I say, um, uh, grow into a few more branches. So it's not that bad, yeah? Even though all beings have feeling, but plants has the least feeling because 90% of the, of the constitution of vegetable is water. That's why they have less consciousness than animal or human being because we human beings are, uh, I'll say, the combination of many things, you know, and that is the, the I'll say, the field that breeds, that, that give, uh, the, the, how say, give the good environment for intelligence to, how say, to activate. Yeah, is that right? Yes. You understand what I mean? Yes. For example, even though you are very intelligent, but you need a good computer in order to program some intelligent things, right? Some, prog- from, some ex- extinguished inter- uh, program. Similarly, God power needs uh, this body, which is a composition of different elements, in order to, uh, to how say, manifest inside, uh, into the outer world, yes? That's why, that's why we have more feeling, more intelligence, because God power can make use of many of our tiny instruments within ourselves in order to, you see, spread out the blessing, the message, and the intelligence. So, in the plan, God power cannot do that, because it's not enough instrument, that's all. You understand what I mean? Yes, just like the bulb... Here, the uh, electric bulb is 100 watt. Then the electricity can be brighter than in a 20 watt. So, if we damage a 100 watt bulb, it is more, uh, how say, more expensive, more wasting than a 20 watt bulb. So, this is what we try to economize. <laughs> um, that is why we should eat the least conscious, you know, thing possible, like vegetable. Is that logical to you? Is that okay? Yes. I don't try to push you into, you know, guilt or things like that, but we discuss the possibility of why and, and how. That's why to kill a human being is the most uh, terrible crime, and to kill animal is the second to it. And plants is not much. You see, they can grow again, even from root. But the animal, even if you cut only uh, half of his head, he, he won't grow again, right? <laughs> Therefore, we, we have to believe things when it's logical, not because it's, it's a guilt-inflicting theory or because, you know, we have to do that because some of the teachers say so or some of religion say so. I do not uh, feel that we are unintelligent beings, that we could swallow anything, especially Americans. They are no-nonsense folk. <laughs> they don't just eat anything. <laughs> So we have to, to tell them or whatever is logical, yes. Even if uh, the people do not accept today, they can think about it later, yes. And sometimes I believe also that during the course of my speaking, sometimes it's too fast, and you, you sometimes listen one sentence and you miss the next, and also it's difficult. So if you want to listen again, you, you can get the tape at, you know, like at no profit cost, <laughs> All the tape we sell without profit. No, it's like empty tapes, good quality, like empty tapes, because we don't believe in selling God for profit. We make profit otherwise, you know, by mundane talent, like dress designing or lamp 
producing, you know, uh, painting picture, all these things we are allowed to make because it's our mundane talent, so we get the mundane profit. <laughs> but not to sell God for profit. We don't even collect money or get members' fee or, or anything to do with God's teaching because it's all free for every of His children. It was free for me. It will be free for everyone as long as I can afford it. So no. And if it's, I cannot afford it, then I stop. <laughs> Very simple. <laughs> Now can you see that why we uh, we are God? Yes, and God' power is how say omnipresent, is all pervading everywhere, and we are just one of the beholder. You see, just like my swimming pool, that the water came from the nearby string, we uh, lead it in by a pipe, and we have a hole underneath on top so that it it will flow out again into the river, you know, without stopping a portion of the water. And the water in the pool, even though he's surrounded by, by uh, stones and cement, he's still the water from the river, and he's connected somewhere, other way, you see. So now, if our swimming pool is blocked yeah, from connecting with, uh, with uh, uh, the spring for some reason, then we have to say, unblock it yeah, by some reason. Maybe the pipe is blocked or the pipe is damaged or the hole is blocked. Then we have to unblock it. So enlightenment is the unblocking of our mm, obscurity to our own nature, to our God-like connection, the God connection within ourselves and the whole power of the universe. Now you understand? <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Um, I think I uh, talk long enough. <laughs> I reserve the time for your questions. Please don't hesitate. First question is, ooh, evidently they would like your views on transmigration. What is it? Views the sentence. Views? On trans, yeah, your view on transmigration. Uh, my view uh-huh. on transmigration. As uh, I have mentioned earlier, transmigration is another word for reincarnation. That is a very Western, uh, Eastern terminology. And you don't hear that often in the Bible, because the Bible is also has been not always completed, as all of you know. And uh, it's uh, transmigrated for 2,000 years, so sometimes <laughs> something may be missing there. And the true Bible is locked up somewhere, and we're never allowed to see it. <laughs> But some of the newly uh, digged, you know, from the antique site and the Bible, in some part of it have come out, and have some of it would mention about reincarnation. For example, I just remember one part, like somebody asked Jesus whether he was, uh, he was the uh, reincarnation or continu- continuation of the last prophets, like Elijah, is that right? Yeah, Elijah's or such and such and such. Yeah, they mention about two or three uh, previous prophets before him who has already ascended. So Jesus did not answer yes or no. If it was wrong, you know, if it was wrong, the question, the conception about reincarnation is wrong. That a prophet even reincarnate to help the people, then he would say no, 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 never, no incarnation. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he didn't answer. Probably he answered yes, but he was a very soft-spoken person. <laughs> you see, so afterward there was no correction on that question. 
And uh, as I understood that uh, about 2,000 years ago, or over 2,000 years, at the time of Buddha and Jesus, etc., when you are silent on some topic, that means you agree. Yes. And people ask you sometimes three times, and you are silent. Or if you have an invitation from a disciple, and you're, you're silent, that means you accept it. So in that case, uh, we can glimpse some uh, segments of the Bible that about incarnation. Otherwise, it's difficult to prove that. Yes. And uh, as you have read from many, in many books about Jesus, that he has been in India and Tibet and study with Buddhist teacher and so on. And f- so for him, the theory of reincarnation must be very familiar. So we would be surprised if we didn't teach, he didn't teach that to his disciples. Maybe the Bible, you know, some, some portion of it is lost and or sometimes translation not accurate and everything like that. Because the time of Jesus was very chaotic, the situation, you know, he, he has to um, sometimes hide for, for his life and for the disciples practice in fear, you know what I mean? So it's not that the, all the things of Jesus uh, has been taught will be recorded. And also he has been teaching only three and a half years before he was terminated. So how can he teach everything? Right in such a circumstances, such a fearful and limited circumstances, as well as a handful of disciples, right? It's very difficult. So now, transmigration is nothing uh, uh, very difficult to understand. For example, we live day to day, and yesterday you wanted to do something, and you could not, or you haven't finished it. So today you wake up, and you try to finish it, or to try to find a way to do it again. Is that not so? Okay, so if anything we have not finished in our life, and at the time of living this mundane world, we still desire, we want to do it, and we feel very sorry that we have not finished it, then surely this desire is a powerful force that gives us another chance to do it again. So we, we be again and again given the physical instrument to do, to exercise our God power into this world, to manifest our wisdom into this world, until one day we finish our design, and we're done with all our job, and then we've gone back home. So that is the situation of the people who desire enlightenment, because they feel they have nothing more to want to do in this world. Maybe their mission's finished. It just naturally pushed them into the position or into the state of mind of wanting to go home. They don't know where home is and what that is, but they want to return to the source. That is this, when people want enlightenment. Therefore, people say, when the student's ready, the master appear. You can't force enlightenment upon people. Therefore, Jesus couldn't force it. <laughs> Buddha couldn't force it. Not all the people in India were enlightened at the time of the master was there. Not all people, not all the Jewish people were enlightened the time Jesus was alive. Is that not so? Yes. Okay. So transmigration stops when we feel that we want to go home, that nothing in this world interested us anymore. As, soon as, as long as we still feel interested in something, and we couldn't finish all this in one lifetime, that means we still want to stay in this world. It's just a compelling force that we couldn't help it. Therefore, enlightened and not enlightened person are all alike. But the enlightened person live a better life, a smoother 
with more wisdom, and he can do many things with less effort. You see, many people ask me, "How can you be a master? You go around the world and have lecture and taking care of disciples, different countries, and still you can do painting, or compose music, and sing song, make songs, and all that." I said, "Well, that's easy. It doesn't take much time to paint, a few hours, you know, uh, to, to compose music." I composed twelve uh, songs in four days. No, no big deal, and write poem and anything. When when you truly inspire and have time, you just do it very fast, right? And to design clothes, this didn't take me ten minutes. You know, no, no problem. But before, before I was a little bit enlightened. Everything is difficult. I didn't even have an idea, you know, to paint. When I paint in my high school class or somewhere, I can't remember, and I. Like to paint a horse, and it looked like a turkey. <laughs> so my teacher said, "Don't bother wasting the paint. I just give you the mark." <laughs> yeah. So something like that. Yeah. Okay. I have a hard time letting go of old resentments with my husband's behavior. He suffers from his experiences in the war in Vietnam. He does not rush for treatment. I can do little. His pain is too great, and he guards it too well. Oh. Steve, can you advise her? The resentments. No, the the husband. Oh, the husband. Yes. Oh, the Vietnam thing. I spent several years over there, and it's uh, it it really can take you get in, get into your heart. It's right. something that you have to see. That's uh, I guess expression of man's behavior on Earth, and uh, realize that that's not the entire world. Life continues to go on. Don't live there anymore. You've got to live for today. Take care of today. Take care of your body for today. In the mind, the spirit, and uh, don't live in the past. Take care of today. That's why war is no good. Yeah, it has a very vast effect on people, the winner as well as the loser, because our nature is truly uh, very, very gentle. You see, most of the people they eat the hams or the beef even because it's all wrapped up and decorated, make like a piece of chocolate or cake. Yeah, and they have no time to think of where it comes from. If it comes from a dead body, and if they have to kill it, they will never eat it. That's why many soldiers, uh, you know, uh, we talk about American soldiers in Vietnam or elsewhere. They had to kill, you know, against their nature, and they kill in the in front of their own eyes. The the one who looks just like him, maybe a little bit shorter, different color, but he's a human being, and he knows that. That's why it affects him the whole life, and I felt very sorry for these veterans. I had tried my best, you know, to comfort them or to attend their meetings sometimes whenever I can, and we have contributed for those need special, you know, more special treatment. That's all we can do for now, <laughs> for these few weeks or few months, and later we can do some more to help them. Or if you know, if your husband. Uh, have any trouble? Uh, uh, bring him to our center. Talk to our veteran disciples. Uh, I mean, uh, fellow practitioners. Or talk to me when I'm here. Maybe we can help individually. You see, otherwise uh, we don't know how to reach out to uh, such a person like your husband. And don't resent him. Help him. Love him. Tell him he can't help it. Tell him to come out. Talk to other people. And maybe he he get out of his uh, dilemma.
because it is very difficult for him to forget what he has seen with his own eyes. What I have seen with my own eyes, I couldn't even forget. For example, before I, I came to America many times before, but I wasn't very close in touch with the American people, right? So I didn't have the, the deep love for your people. I must tell you the truth. This time I had more contact, you know, through the press, you know, personal contact, like the press, the media, and the radio interviewers, the television. And I truly got to know personally the people of America. And I, it rises in me the love for America and Americans' people, which I never know before. Before, I don't have love for America. I'm sorry to say, you know, I just came and I want to go right away. I never want to stay in America. <laughs> and if, even if I wanted to stay, there's some kind of a karmic power that pushed me out of the country. And if I resisted that, I suffer. I suffer physically and, you know, uh, innerly. I, this is cannot uh, describe in words. But this time it's okay, yes. I guess this is a good affinity. Uh, many of the disciples have meditated here, group in thousands every week or every day in their home. So it's, uh, it's a little bit more positive. And I began to feel such a love in me, you know, for the American people. I don't know why. And uh, also when I, we went to uh, give uh, things for the homeless people, you know, when I came home, I couldn't sleep for days. In fact, last night I couldn't sleep. I was talking to one of the close disciples, one of the men sitting there about the homeless people in America and elsewhere. I said, I have to do something. You know, in fact, I want to go into business to have more money in order to bring the economical uh, atmosphere of the world into a higher dimension. I cannot see all this. I didn't feed the homeless before, so I didn't have the personal feeling. You know what I mean? I saw them on the street, and every time I saw them, I give them something for sure, you know whatever we have there, and some money so that they can buy something to eat. But not the personal, you know, contact. Like last time when we were in uh, San Francisco, we've, and also in L.A., you know, our disciples, I told them to go and feed them and give them blanket and things like that. And I myself went and gave blanket to them. That is the time when I truly realized, this is not okay, you know. It's not okay. In this society, we dress well, we eat well, we sleep in warm house, we have good car, and we have electronic device, or device? devices, and we have all kind of comfort. And our brothers looking like a beggar, you know, all muddy all over the face, and the clothes is all worn out and dirty, and he sleeps with a plastic cover on his body in the winter night on the street. He could die any time. Nobody cares. And it hurts me for many days, and last night I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep until about 4 or 5 in the morning. And I couldn't even meditate. It was so overwhelming for me. And I couldn't meditate. So that's why I feel a little bit very tired this morning. If you couldn't sleep and you meditate, it's okay. But when you're overwhelmed with sorrow, you know, that is very difficult. Therefore, I say to you, we are not okay. We cannot be okay as long as somebody else is not okay. We cannot overlook our sensitivity to all this tragedy in the, in the world and try to close our eyes and think everything's okay. It's not okay. It's all over. It's everywhere. We cannot, we cannot avoid that. We must do something. So we have done what we can do, you know, but we will have to do more. And I ask all of you to do more. Yes, whatever you can, do it more. Help other people. Maybe give him a shelter or food whenever he come around or tell him to come when he needs. 
at least like that, you know. So we don't this guilt, this sorrow, we not wait on our conscience the day we leave this world. Otherwise, we have to come back again, and maybe we have to experience his experience in order to have compassion, to know what it's like to be homeless or to be suffer without any comfort and help. Yes. Oh, well, I talk too much, but this is relating to the, the, the experience and the sorrowful feeling that your husband felt, you know, the veteran that just mentioned. But he can't forget it. What he saw with his own eyes and contact with his own personal, you know, uh, being, he cannot forget. Even I, supposed to be a spiritual person, you know, stronger in spirit and, and mental power of resistance, still it, it hurt me. It makes me cry many times when I contact with the Vietnamese refugees or any other refugees or the poor people and even American homeless. And I know America has everything. I know the, the government will take care of them. I feel, you know, but some are don't. Some don't take care. And I thought the Americans uh, are very rich, you know, so there shouldn't be any of this problem. But we still have, so we are not okay. Don't you think so? Yes. Similar with the veteran, we can't resent him. You know, we have to only love him and give him time to heal. And even if he doesn't heal now, we have to allow him. You know what I mean? This remorse, so that it makes him feel good. You know, after sometimes it will wear out. For example, last night, I cried over the, the, the homeless people. And I couldn't sleep. If you keep scolding me, say, you're nonsense. You, you have to look for the future, look at positive, you know. Uh, oh, you, if you don't sleep, you make it worse in the morning. You have a lecture in the morning, exercise. I can't help it. Even if you tell me this, it's just make me feel worse that you are so unsympathetic. <laughs> I have no love and, and make me resent you more and sink more into, sink more into my own, you know, misery or, or, or you know, this mental attitude. Therefore, we, we, we have to just love unconditionally everywhere and every time to some people like that. They're wounded inside, and it takes a long, long time to heal. If we can't heal, then better not to damage more, not to make the wounded worse. Okay, honey? <laughs> I know it's very difficult, very difficult. It's easier said than done, but we have to consider many things. Is our subconscious mind a link to infinite intelligence? Our subconscious mind, what? Subconscious mind? Yes, is our subconscious I know, I know, I know. Mind What is the one word I miss only? Is our subconscious mind a link to infinite... A link? A oh. link. Yes, yes, yes. Our subconscious mind, yes, yes, is kind of a bridge. It's not the real self yet. Yes, it's a bridge to the infinite intelligence. That's correct, yes. How did you get your enlightenment? Why, I learned, huh? <laughs> I learned, huh? I go and search for it, and I met someone who helped me, yeah, to realize my enlightened nature. So I have to pay it back. I help you, okay? It's not, not important who helps you. Not important, because you are enlightened. You are the enlightening nature. You are God-like. No need to attach to one master or another, okay? Not even attached to me. My disciples are not allowed to worship me, to bow to me, or to do anything like that. Or they still do, but that's illegal. <laughs> well, I can't help it, you know. Some people, you know, take a longer time to realize. But still, you know, the principle is important that don't do that. <laughs> what is your mission and value to God? Don't you know? After two hours' talk? Hmm? 
If no, what is your teaching on homosexuality? If we are neither male nor female in essence, what does it matter who we love? That's correct. That's correct. I always say that. It's love is important, not the sexuality. You always ask the sexuality question, that's why. It's a lousy question. It's you who make lousy question. Right? Why should we talk about sexuality? It is only the outcome of love, right? Love is important. Yeah, okay? So if you truly love somebody, you don't have this guilty feeling. It overrides anything. So that means you're still up, uh, you know, how say, uh, holding back something. It is your problem, not the homosexuality problem. It's your problem, okay? You misidentify yourself with the homosexuality instead of identifying yourself with the love, and you make sexuality a big deal. Everywhere I go, people ask about sexuality. What a big deal about that? This is a physical exercise. Is it not okay? If not okay, then don't do it. <laughs> if it's okay, then just enjoy what gives you physically, mentally, spiritually, and forget about, you know, the guilt that people try to push upon you. Hang on to the love, not to the sex. Okay? Then you're in no trouble. It's a misidentification because sometimes we were male, sometimes we are female. It goes back to the transmigration again. And then sometimes last time we were female and this time we are male and we forgot to switch off the memory bank. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we linger there and then we get kind of, you know, confused a little bit. But it's okay, it's only one life. The next life is different. All right? Or you get liberation and you have no more. No more uh, homosexuality or non, <laughs> non-homosexuality. Don't worry about these uh, physical things. Yeah? Better get the spiritual aspect go on, go, going. And then everything else will smooth out or will be you know, kind of uh, improved in itself. Okay? Is there any difference between other meditations, such as transcendental meditation and the meditation you speak of, Kuan Yin? Yes, there are differences uh, in the different meditations. Some meditations take you quicker to enlightenment. Some meditations cost money to enlightenment. Our meditation, uh, some meditations take you slower, yes? Our meditation take you the quickest to enlightenment and cost nothing, all right? That's all I want to tell you. The other meditation, we, we don't want to criticize or, I mean, to uh, uh, comment because it's none of our business. You need glasses? Whoa. <laughs> give me. Some give of these me. words in these convenient method, explain. Okay, okay. Convenient method just means it's for your convenience. <laughs> because you're afraid of vegetarian diet. Are you afraid of uh, letting go of the spare ribs of the month? You know. <laughs> Are you afraid of the. Yeah, whatever. And you try the convenient method. It means you eat vegetarian whenever it's convenient for you, when you want to eat it. And you meditate. Uh, in a basic way, you know? In that way, you don't need to commit yourself to a vegetarian diet. Just to try. Just kind of a, I'll say, a test when you go into the cake shop or the fruit garden, you know, they give you a test. <laughs> yeah, a sample, yes, a sample of fruit or cake, all right? That's convenient for you. Hmm? What can you tell us about Maitreya? I don't know him. Do you? Anybody have the answer to that? It means the Buddha, who's supposed to come 5,000 millions more years or whatever. I don't know him yet. Okay? When he comes, probably I know him. Hmm? Now you should get enlightened. 
And don't worry about the future Buddha or not Buddha, okay? We don't know whether he comes or not come, yeah? Our future cannot hang around with him, yeah? We don't have time to wait for 5,000 or 5 million years. Do you have time? Okay, then don't wait. (laughs) What is your Holy Spirit within? My Holy Spirit within is like yours. No, no different. Uh, I believe I'm going to try to figure this out. Jesus, enlightenment from who? Enlightenment, Jesus, did it come from God or who? Where did Jesus get his enlightenment from? I think is what they're saying. I'm not sure. From himself. He's born enlightened. We are born enlightened. And he remembered and we forgot. <laughs> That's all. Okay? Everyone can be enlightened. Master Ching Hai, you said you are you said you are Buddha alive. Could did I you say, say that? Well they say. Okay. Could so you what? say you are Jesus alive? Well, I'm afraid you get allergy if I say yes. And would you even believe if I say yes? Huh? And if I say no, I would be telling you lie. So what shall I say? Huh? Just for yourself, okay? And get the proof at the initiation of who I am. But the best is to have a proof, the proof of who you are, okay? Talk about the Bible saying, we are sons of God. Actually, it teaches we are sons of our father, the devil. Unless we have Christ in our life and believe he is the redemption for our sins, bail from God's face. Give me. Yes. I think they're writing in Vietnamese. (laughs) So the Bible is saying we are sons of God. Actually, it teaches we are sons of our father, the devil. Hmm? Who teaches that? Unless we have Christ in our life. Okay, I understand. I believe he is the redemption to our sins. Okay. Now, if Christ is the only saver as you believe him to be, how come many of the Christians are still swimming in sins and suffering? Hmm? At least the Christians who believe in Christ should be perfect example for our society. No? Many of them still killing each other. I'm sorry to offend you, but you know that better than I do. So now what's the answer to this? Christ said in the Bible that I am the light and the way of the world as long as I am in the world. So now he's not in the world anymore. He cannot be responsible for our for any of our uh, ungodly actions. So we have to change ourselves. Somehow, we have to get back our godlike quality, return to our godfather somehow, if we can. If we cannot, then we should seek help from somebody who has experience in this. That's very simple, no? How... How do we face those obstacles and sufferings in front of me? How we? How do we? How do we face them? It says how to face. Face. Okay. Yes, face. Can you read a little bit slowly? I'm oh, a foreigner, you know. I even though try. I have a honorary <laughs> <Yes>. citizenship, that <laughs> doesn't make me uh, immune to American accent. Uh, how do we face problem and suffering in front of our face? Right. Yes. Whatever we can eliminate. 
try to eliminate. Yes. If we cannot, then pray. Pray to God to help us to overcome this uh, suffering, or for that person to overcome suffering. Get enlightenment, hmm? above all. <laughs> it's easier to digest all this suffering and easier to think of the way to help when we are enlightened. Do you believe that God guides us all the way since we were born? Yes, but do we heed Him? Hmm? Do we ever hear Him? If we do, many of us wouldn't have run into difficulty and our world wouldn't have been you know, the way it has been or the way it is now. So we have to be open. We have to open first our power of understanding. We have to reconnect ourselves with God in order to hear Him, to know what He wants us to do, to know the correct way. That's why we, have, we offer the connection with God again. That is called enlightenment, or back to find the kingdom of God, whatever you want to name it. We can't just list the whole, you know, <laughs> uh, the, whole, uh, the whole list of, of terminologies, you know, enlightenment, get back to your Buddha nature, become Buddha, you know, <laughs> go back to the kingdom of God, know yourself, know God, God realization, self-realization, etc., etc., you know. So we say enlightenment and immediate, right? Question in Leviticus, Leviticus, God commanded animals to be killed for sacrificing. Also, when? when? Yeah, also. Uh, they they quote John fourteen six and uh-huh. John John all of Leviticus. They don't say where. Uh-huh. And? Uh, please comment. Also, after the flood, God commanded that Noah eat the flesh of the animals. You see, okay, we just hear it from the Bible. Say God say that. God say this. But why don't we hear it from God ourselves? I invite you to be enlightened, to get in touch with your God, and then ask Him what He truly wants. Because there are many things uh, in the Bible is even contradicting to that. Even if that sentence was true, I didn't see this part, but I saw many other parts that perhaps you overlooked. For example, God said, Who told you to kill all these she-goats and all these he-buffalo to make offering to me? Wash yourself from this innocent blood, otherwise when you pray I will turn my head away. Is that not so? Did you see this sentence? Say it bigger, please, louder. Yes. You see? So how do you explain that to me? Okay. And God uh, say, meat for the belly, belly for the meat, and God will destroy them both, meat and them. And in another instant, when the people in the desert uh, ask God, provoke God, that you give our father Abram everything, could you give us meat as well? Because God always giving them manners every day for their food. And one day they provoke him, give us meat. So God rained meat down from the sky. Was it not so? And after that, he slain them all. Why? So, ask yourself, okay? I can't answer all the questions in the Bible. <laughs> but I ask you <laughs> this question, if you want to answer me. There are many more, but we don't have time. We are not a Bible study class here, so <laughs> go back and think about it, okay? So the best way is to ask God directly. I ask him, and he says, Thou shalt not kill. He didn't specify animal or animal as a man. To kill animals as well. Thou shalt not kill is the first commandment. All right? Are there, yeah. Are there any more questions? That's Hello? all. I, yeah, I'd like to say something. First of all, uh, please. The, the thing about the uh, Can say la- thou shalt not kill is not the first commandment in the Bible. 
Okay, then second. <laughs> no, it's not the second. It's more like the sixth or seventh. All right, all right. It doesn't matter. I, I know that's a minute point. But the thing about the, uh, the animal killing, uh, he said in Exodus 20 in the Ten Commandments not to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, the book of Leviticus was written. And that was all about, just like the question said, it was all about... Uh, Moses? Is, is that in Moses' time? Yeah, Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, yes. Uh, that, do you mean that is uh, Moses wrote it? Yeah, is that right? In Moses' time? He penned it, but God told him what to write. Um, but, the, but the point of what I'm trying to say is that in Leviticus, uh, God sanctioned people to kill animals. It, it, it sounds like you're somewhat familiar with the Bible, uh, right? I didn't read that part, but okay, I okay. believe you. And, uh, uh, it's in there, it, and it, 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 he sanctioned people to kill animals in the Old Testament for sacrifices, you know. And, and this was after he said, do not kill. I think that... Is that the Old Testament, right? That is the Old Testament. Okay, now, uh, I believe you. Uh, perhaps I didn't look in this part. Yes. Well, I, I have seen some of the killing in the Bible as well. But you must remember, they kill all the time at that time, you see. And the Bible, the New Testament, is the more the revived, uh, revived Bible, which is sanctioned by Jesus. This is more... <laughs> I think it's more modern for us, yes? That's why he had to come, you know, to, to explain the Old Testament, to make it uh, more correct. Perhaps it's so, you see? Because in Old Testament, it is also recorded many things, like all the Jesus priests, all the temple were full of blood and smoke rises to heaven. You remember that, yes? And in Moses' time, because he couldn't prevent people from killing animals, so he's, uh, because they killed themselves even, you know, they killed each other at that time. So he tried at least. You, know, you must remember, a few thousand years ago, life is not so civilian, uh, civilized the way we, we are now. So Moses tried to prevent people, at least from not killing each other. So he allowed, perhaps, you know, to people to kill animals instead to sacrifice. Because people kill uh, innocent children for sacrifice. You know that, in the old time. So at least he said, no, don't do it. <laughs> and he can't bring them all together, in, in, you know, in non-killing. So he said, he sacrificed the animals. That's just what my thinking is, you know, but you don't have to agree with me. No, that, that's a good answer. Thank um, you. For a New Testament reference, Jesus did eat a piece of fish in the end of the Gospel of Luke, and so that would, that would be a New Testament reference uh, yes. to him not protecting fish. In fact, many of the disciples were fishermen. Okay. And so that, uh, I, I don't want to be rude. No, 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 that. tell me, tell me. It's all right, it's all right. But anyways... Yeah, so that's a New Testament reference. So it's not just confined to the Old Testament. Yes. Even what I read in the Bible. Yes, I, yes. I believe the Bible is a true word of God, so... Yes, I also read that, yes. But you must remember, Jesus can make bread into fishes, can make water into wine. So are you sure he ate the real fish? He said he ate a piece of broiled fish. Yeah. didn't say eat the raw fish. I didn't see that. But anyhow, he made 5,000... Fishes in from nothing, so you don't believe Jesus is so, so hungry that he has to eat the raw fish. He could even manifest it, you know. I mean, Jesus is all powerful. Okay, so we don't argue about that. But let's say, if you don't have anything to eat at all, right? Then okay, you eat the fish. You know, the least, you know, the least uh, suffering animal. Okay, we don't argue anything about that. Perhaps Jesus didn't have anything to eat at that time, okay? So he ate fish. And regarding your question about uh, his disciples were fishermen, you don't remember, he told, come, I teach you to be a fisher of men. He told him to live his, to, uh, told them to leave their occupation, follow him. And after he followed, they followed him everywhere. They had no time to fish, but fishermen. 
So afterward, he, they refer to a, a new disciple as a big fish or small fish. I do that sometimes. Sometimes I say, oh, today we have a big fish, or we, we catch, catch a lot of fish. And if somebody recorded that, probably they say, wow, Master Ching Hai catch fish every day, or every once a month, you know. So we, we should really contemplate deeply in what the Bible says. And uh, actually, I, I only know all this after enlightenment. It's so clear to me, like crystal. Nobody taught me this. Before that, I believed the way you did, uh, you, the way you do. I read the Bible for my, since I was young, understood nothing. Not much. You know what I mean? And I, I didn't understand the Buddhist scriptures as well. They told me just to recite it every day, and then you get a lot of power and merit. But I didn't get nothing. And I didn't understand it. But after enlightenment, yeah, somewhat, I understood everything. All the Bibles, all the scriptures, any religion. Nobody had to teach me. It's clearer because we use the true power of understanding to read. Not the, uh, you know, kind of uh, preconceived notion of belief that we have been brainwashed to, to believe in, in many years. It's very difficult. Mm. Okay. I hope you're satisfied with my answer, even though you don't have to believe it. <laughs> I don't mean to, you know, to convert you into my belief. It's just the, you know, the logical speaking. Yes, please. I just have one question. You please. Had you had mentioned earlier about an exodus. Um, uh, you said that, you know, the, the meat came from heaven, it was quails, and you said then they ate it, and God um, slayed the Israelites. Well, he slayed them because of, um, they had turned their backs on him. He was providing them with sustenance, food. And then they turn their backs on him later on. Then, yeah, he did, um, you know, rain his wrath down on them. And that was because they turned their backs on him because of their idolatry. And one of the Ten Commandments is, you know, you shall not have any graven images. Graven no, images. It, it wasn't in that, uh, in that, uh, I see, in that passage, it wasn't all these things. It was another period of time. Well, I'll, I'll carry on with what I was going to say, was that, you know, thou shalt not have any graven Im- images, graven images being anything that's going to turn your heart away from the Lord, which can be money, which, um, just anything. Right. Um, if it's turning, if anything is turning your heart away from the Lord, Jesus said in uh, John ten fourteen, I think, uh, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me, then that is a graven image. I just want to throw that out to the, to the people here. And they know. Okay. <laughs> yes, and we know that. But he also say, as long as he's in the word, yes. So we should remember that. But and he rose from the dead too. Remember that. Yes, but he's not here now. Can you see him somewhere? And ask him questions. Tell him to enlighten you. What I pray you? Every day. Yes, I know. But uh, it's better to see him, and our disciples see him. Happier those who have uh, not seen yet believe. Fine, if that is fine with you. It's okay. <laughs> Just make me comment, that's all. Yes, it's very good. If, if it makes you happy, that's your way. Okay? We only offer uh, another alternative should you feel that it's not uh, satisfactorily enough, you know? Okay? No more question. No more question? Okay. Well, I, well, I'm, I, I, we're sitting here at the two of us bombarding you. If anybody else has questions, feel free. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's all right, honey. It's all right. Yeah. Well, if anybody has a question, it's by far their term, but uh, if nobody else does, I would just like to... Please. I was curious yes. um, as to you, you quote parts of the Bible and stuff like that, and um, if you're going to be a true Christian, which I don't know if you say you are, I know this fellow over here in the front at the beginning said that he was a Christian, he's come to the realization, realization that there's one God. Yes. Um, 
I don't know who's, by whose standards he is a Christian, certainly not by God's, because throughout the beginning, from, from the beginning of the Bible to the end, God condemned um, worship of other gods. I mean, he condemned it from beginning to end. And just like my friend said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. Yes, we understand and, that. And in Acts, he says that uh, there's, there's salvation found in no other name under heaven but, but by one, and that's Jesus Christ, you know. And so I just want to hear how you, how you reconcile these other religions. And there's only one God and all one road, or all different roads yes. to God. But the Bible does not back that up whatsoever at we, all. We got that. We got that. Okay. okay so I'm, I'm wondering how you'll... How, how you I'm going to tell that. you. Okay. Thank you. Now, how do you know that his God now is different from your God? You don't even know his God yet. Okay. There's only one God, I thought. Sure. So, I help him to know that one God only. I didn't help him to know the second or the third God. You don't know his God yet. And you, you already condemned that his God is different from your God or Christian God. That's not fair. But the Bible says you can only know him through Jesus Christ. Oh. All right. Then if Jesus Christ is the only one, why God send Moses? So you don't believe in Moses. You don't believe in Elijah and other God, other messes from God, right? But I don't put my faith in Moses or Elijah. They didn't die for my sins. Only Jesus did. But Jesus died only for the sins of his disciples. He can't die for the sin of the whole world. Otherwise, our world would have been heaven right now. But, but, the Bible but says what? The Prove Bible, it to me. The Bible says that he did die for us. Uh, the Bible. Who authorized the Bible? Did you ask God yourself? Now, did you ask God yourself? If God told you that, I believe you. But God did not. This is something is recorded for men's hands. And men's hands is always shaky. You know that. Even you study in college, your professor told you one word. And when you pass it to the 50, that word become entirely different. How does it remain the whole truth after 2,000 years. Please, we can look to the Bible for reference, but we cannot always use that to stop ourselves from any new, uh, new instrument to make us closer to God. If, if I bring you to, the, you know, to damage your life, tell you to drug, to despise God, you know, uh, don't go to the church and don't believe in church. It's okay, but I tell you to be good, you know. Like, not violence, no smoking, no sexual misconduct, no stealing, but giving. I tell you to be all your virtues. If it's, there's two or three God, they would agree with what I teach. If Jesus doesn't agree with what I teach you, to be a virtuous human being, and at the same time connect with the brilliant lights of God. God has light, only the devil have darkness. Now, if I connect you with the brilliant lights you see at the initiation, do you think I connect you with the devil? You think the devil that shine brilliant lights a thousand sun upon you every day at your, at, at your meditation or at the time of initiation? So that's uh, my proof about my teaching that connect you with God. I prove it to you right away at the time of initiation. And if you reject it, I can't do anything. Okay, I teach with proof <laughs> and with logic. You can ask any question. I am not angry. <laughs> Please. Um, Please. The Bible teaches about false religions, and um, in my mind, the Bible, I, we can't place too much on personal experience because we can be deceived. We've all probably been deceived at times. The Bible, in my mind, is the foundation, which we can turn back, so we don't 
get deceived. Okay, if you cling to the Bible, it's fine. Even if you reject my logical explanation and my proof, then what can I do for you? I, yes. I haven't seen any proof. Well, you, you have to come and see. I have uh, told you all the logical explanation and intellectually uh, logical, uh, how to say, uh, viewpoint to you. And it is you who try to reject it. But you will understand one day. Take your time. Okay? And if you want proof, you must open yourself and come for initiation. Let me take time to prove it to you. Okay? I, I have had proof in my life, in my experiences. Then it's good. If you truly had proof, you wouldn't have been so, I mean, so um, side, one-sided. Yes, because the enlightened person is very open, very, uh, how's it, open to all things. Even God opened to all things, like God loved all things, even the good and the bad and the guilty. Yes? Was Jesus enlightened? Of course! Well, why why pretty, you ask me? But he was pretty close-minded because he said he is the only way. If he was so open-minded, then he would have said, well, Buddha is uh, no, no, you know, no, no. the only way, or I'm the way, Buddha is, Krishna, um, you know. No, 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 no. Yes, you want to answer him? Well, I think so. I Give him a microphone. Yes, the brother wants to answer first. That's very good. I'm, I'm happy with open discussion. <laughs> well, I, I just think that uh, Jesus, uh, or that I that they were talking about, was, was uh, omnipresent right. and omnipotent. Yes, yes, yes. And that what it boils down to is love and wisdom. Yes, yes. So Jesus said that I, meaning love and wisdom, yes. omnipresence, the God power. The God power yes. is the way. Yes, yes, yes. yes. It's just like, uh, just like, for example, Krishna, he said, love me alone, and the me is capitalized. Follow me alone, surrender on to me. Then your life will become better, and etc., etc. Buddha said the same thing, right? Follow the Buddha. And don't follow anyone else. He means the real self, the omnipresent, the almighty power, which at that time properly manifested, mostly in that, uh, you know, electric pole. <laughs> Just like the electric power is, is uh, brightest in this light at this moment, and other light is a little bit dim. Hmm? But he means uh, you have to have faith in electricity, right? That electricity, but not necessarily in the light, but because the light was very bright, electricity was the most at that time. So you go near the light, you know, go near this light, so you can see, you can read, you can see all the things, and recognize yourself in the mirror if you want to make up, for example. So it doesn't mean you have to believe in this light, but the electricity that house in that light. So every master, the living master, house power of God. And God can use any, any time, because God is not so limited. He is not so poor. He has only one son, please. He has so many ways and means to bring his children into himself. Don't you think? Yes. Yes. Um, I wish to send you all the love I can, just to help you to uh, open up. <laughs> but if I am so... Mm, we are not yet having a good affinity, then uh, you, can, you can wait, all right? And meanwhile, study the Bible, believe in God, believe in Jesus, it's good for you. And study the Bible doesn't mean you know the words only, but put that into action. For example, the Ten Commandments, we should try to abide by it. 
That is the good way of a Christian. Yes? All right. Before I got enlightenment, I sleep with the Bible every night. I look at it every time I'm in trouble. Without the Bible, I couldn't sleep. Yes? And sometimes I alternate. In the morning, I would read the Buddhist scriptures that comforted me and sometimes lift me up into some kind of very blissful state. It helped also. If you truly revere the Bible, yeah, and you deeply believe in it and study in it in very sincerity, it helps you immensely. All right? We're just talking another alternative way. Should you be interested? If not, please just believe in the Bible and try to keep, uh, keep the commandments and put all the loving things that God teaches you into action. Uh, that's all. All right? Any more questions? I still read the Bible, I tell you the truth, because I have to remember what God says sometimes or to explain it to people. But I, I don't always remember all the things. That's why some of the questions you ask, I go home and read it again. I know it existed, but not the way, you know, not you know, one, one word by word that I couldn't remember by heart that much. Yes. Any more questions? I am, I am very happy that you are so young and so religious. Yes so religious and believe in God so much that, uh, that your belief is so firm and unshakable. That's very good for you, very good for you. But many people don't have belief, you know, and their life is also in a tragedy. So it's our duty to, to help them, okay? Some people need proof before they believe in God. So I have to provide proof. And if you don't need proof to believe in God, that's good for you, all right? Okay? If that makes you happy, that's all God wants, <laughs> and that's all I want. <laughs> if no question, then I disappear from sight, <laughs> leaving you with a more uh, you know, immediate work. Is that all right? Yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yes, I don't blame anybody at all, because before, before I, I always believed that Buddha was also the only one, and Jesus was the only one until I know better. I did believe that, and I would argue with anybody <laughs> if they believe something else. <laughs> yes, it's true. I had that. Yes, it will take some time to grow out of some of our concepts. It takes some time. So I thank you for all your love and your attention and your concern, <laughs> and I wish you all the best in whatever you believe. Yes? And in your uh, good, uh, uh, I'll say, uh, in the name, what's that? <laughs> I forgot. Good intentions? Good intention, yes. It's a good undertaking, that's it. <laughs> Got it, okay. Thanks a lot. <laughs>